From movie set to multiplex, it's the business of film with James Cameron Wilson. Honey, I could die. If you died, you'd forget me. I want to be remembered. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? I'll just come up sometimes, see me. I'm home every evening. Not often we hear from Mae West these days. This is Simon Rose. We are talking the business of film. And of course, I'll be talking to James Cameron Wilson. As we, um, well, to speak into the cinema, James, where it's wonderful in air conditioner. We're recording this in the middle of a pretty impressive heat wave. The cinema seems even more attractive than normal. Indeed. And I'd like to point out how favourable I was towards the films last week. The Waterman, which you may remember was David O'Yellow's. Yes directorial debut yes. black yeah. widow which is one of my favorite marvel films hmm. for yonks and the wonderful pixar cartoon luca which hmm. unfortunately is only available on disney plus i say this as a caveat to my reviews this week there were four <laughs> wide releases i can sense what's coming okay <laughs> yeah i didn't manage to see escape room tournament of champions but i did see the other three and they are all remakes uh, sorry they're all sequels right and oh, it's just, so, life has certainly returned to normal then james hasn't well, it? absolutely <laughs> i'm afraid so so we'll have a look at the chart first and of course the weekend before we had wimbledon and wembley which kept the crowds away and of course last weekend we had the weather which kept the crowds away from the multiplex what was the weather like? i think what the weather's like last weekend was it bad or good no it's glorious well doesn't that encourage people to go to the cinema i thought that was the reason that we got all these uh big tentpole movies in the summers because the americans took refuge from their heat in the cinemas which were always air conditioned i mean you know air conditioning in cinemas is a relatively recent thing here I know. I wish you would tell everybody that, Simon, because we've got this barbecue barbecue mentality where as soon as the sun comes out, which doesn't happen very often. Well, the, yes, that might be the problem, of course. They the flood is, out yes. to the yes. pub and they do not go to the cinema. And I, I always talk to the manageress at my local multiplex and she just dreads the warm weather because people just haven't got that American oh, mindset. No. I suppose, of course, the worry is it's wonderful weather. Let's go to the cinema. You come out. Oh, I've missed the British summer. Well, there is that. <laughs> yes. We but hopefully it if it continues like this, I know we're meant to be having rain over the weekend. People will start thinking, well, actually, it's not a bad idea to go to, into a cool cinema. But the thing is, the people who are really suffering from the heat are the older people who mm. are frightened to go back into the cinema because of this, because of coronavirus. Mm. So what does the chart look like? So presumably, you know, for the second week in a row, it's been somewhat depressed. Well, I'm afraid cinema admissions actually fell by 41.3% from the previous frame. But the Even previous though, frame was pretty terrible, wasn't it? Because was, was the previous one not the sport weekend? Well, absolutely. So this is not good news. Mm. It's very sad indeed. Uh, and this in spite of four new releases wide releases because you may remember that the previous weekend we had just one film black widow yes because i think all the other distributors scuttled out to the sidelines because they thought that black widow would mop up all the audiences mm. so this is not good news i'm afraid 
So, yeah, Black Widow nosedive by 74%, which has now got a total of £11.2 million in after 12 days. That is, of course, counting the two previews it had. Mm. Um, number two, we've got Space Jam, a new legacy. Sharp intake I've been waiting for ever since the initial Space Jam. I've been waiting for a, a sequel. How wonderful they brought it out finally. Oh, right. So, what, since March 1997? Yeah, just why, why produce a sequel to a film that almost none of your potential audience could possibly be aware of? I know, um, particularly over here. Uh, do you know many basketball fans in your sort of immediate circle of friends? No, though, to be fair, when growing up, many of my friends were basketball fans, but only because of that TV series, The Harlem Globetrotters. Which I'm which not even aware of. Oh, it was comedy and basketball uh, combined. It was the members of the Harlem. Well, there's a and, and, Oh, it's a, what was a, I'll find it for you on YouTube and send you a link. But it was um, absolutely wonderful. Um, did you so, see Space Jam? Oh, I can't remember, James. If I did, it certainly didn't leave me with much memory of it. Right. Okay. Well, I think it was quite novel back in, I think it was March 1997 it came out. Mm. I mean, you could probably check and prove me wrong. But I, I found Michael Jordan, I mean, the, the idea is that Michael Jordan has to play a basketball match with the Looney Tunes. Yeah, that I vaguely is recall that, yes. So he, he's playing alongside or against Bugs Bunny. But Michael Jordan is quite an agreeable figure, I think. And he was the most popular athlete in the world. But again, a, a lot of people don't know who the Looney Tunes are, really, mm. today. I, I may be mistaken, but on a brief straw poll, I couldn't find anybody who actually knew who the Looney Tunes were. No, that's And this is aimed for a family audience. You would have audience. thought that would have come up at some meeting before the film was greenlit, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, it it is the top new film of the weekend. So what do I know? I mean, it's made it's the only film to make over a million pounds in three days. Uh, then it, uh, besides Black Widow, mm. uh, and of course it it hasn't. It's not that novel. Uh, it was was it nineteen? Oh, oh, when was it? That anchors away with Gene Kelly, Gene yeah, Kelly, with... and Tom and Jerry. Gosh, yeah. that was that was. Oh, well, it wasn't Tom and Jerry, it was it? Was just Jerry the Mouse? What was it that? Was Mouse, something? It? No, it was Jerry from Tom and Jerry, wasn't it? Of course, it was. Yes. Okay. Sorry, but that was a long, long time ago. It was just one dance number. But yes, I'd forgotten how well that was. That was done. Nineteen forty-five. Nineteen forty-five. Okay. Yeah. And then, of course, Mary Poppins, famously blended yes. animation with live action, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So this is nothing new. And so here we've got LeBron James, who's described as the world's greatest athlete. And we see him as a young child and he's always stuck on his Game Boy mm -hmm. and he's not interested in basketball. And yet his trainer insists that he really should focus on his game. And mm -hmm. um, it's all about giving everything you've got. And eventually the young LeBron throws away his Game Boy and, of course, he becomes, as the film says, the greatest athlete in the world today. Um, I don't know if you would agree with that. Um, I don't really know how athleticism for basketball players compares to other 
sports. I imagine most athletes in other disciplines would probably disagree with it, but who knows? Well, I, I know. Um, I think Michael Phelps, I did do a quick Google. Michael Phelps is considered the greatest athlete alive today because he's got more medals than any other Olympian. But that being, well, okay, I, I've got a little quiz for you. What does Casablanca, Ken Russell's The Devils, A Clockwork Orange, and Fred Flintstone have in common? Well, it's an interesting question, and I cannot possibly think... Well, I'll put you out of your misery, because you have not seen Space, Space Jam, A New Legacy, in which they all appear. Oh. And I thought of you when I saw Ingrid Bergman. <laughs> but in a sequence with Mike Myers as um, Austin Powers. But it sort of makes no sense. Who are they aiming this film at? <laughs> I think really dedicated film buffs like myself. And I absolutely thought the film was terrible. So we go back to LeBron's childhood yep. and him talking to his coach and then throwing away his Game Boy. And then we cut forward to the present mm. and he's being... Well, he's playing a fictionalised version of himself, and he's got his young son, Dom, who's really into video games. Mm. But Dom is actually quite the child prodigy and is designing his own games. But LeBron thinks he should be like his father and be a great basketball player. And LeBron is approached by Warner Brothers in Burbank, in Hollywood, uh, Los Angeles. And so he takes Dom along uh, to a boardroom discussion and Dom is absolutely fascinated by all the hardware. Hmm. And they end up in the server room in the vault of Warner Brothers, where a, an evil algorithm played by Don Cheadle sucks right. them into an alternative reality. And in order to get out of it, LeBron James has to play a basketball game. Uh, as you do. Yeah. Oh, dear me, James. Now... I think this is quite a, a hard concept to, to swallow, but I think Tron did it quite well. Again, it was very novel way back when. And there's a wonderful film called, um, when was it? Uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, the Internet, just a couple yes. of years ago, yes, which I, I thought remember was it. wonderful. Yes, and very cleverly done. I mean, you know, that felt plausible. Bizarrely. And I don't know if you saw Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One. I did. did you saw it? Yes, of course. It was a great film. It was a great film. So you can do it. And unfortunately, this is just such a mess. Well, James, we've talked enough about it. I'm sure there are other... Well, except you've warned us that you're not going to like any of the films. I was going to say we should move on and take a quick break, but I don't well, know. Maybe you, don't, maybe you want to talk about the other ones even less than you do this one. Well, I do have to say that the animation is also appalling. King Kong, we've got King Kong, Yogi Bear, The Gremlins, The Wicked Witch of the West, even Vanessa Redgrave character from the devils cheering on the basketball match which is so weird who is that nobody's going to get that apart from me and you yes it, anyway well this is all directed by malcolm d lee who also directed the best man the best man holiday and night school with kevin hart which i think are three of the worst films in recent memory. <laughs> he's still working. And he's still working. Um, <laughs> but he is the cousin, and I didn't know this until last week. He's the cousin of Spike Lee. Oh, okay. So if if you want so he, he didn't he didn't give away the ending of the film at the beginning, did he? How do you mean? 
the director of, of the new Space Jam. Well, Spike Lee at uh, Cannes gave away the oh um, yes the winner yeah, well, of the the Palm yes, Door. Yes, he did. Yeah, yes. he did a Warren Beatty, didn't he? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm afraid. Look, James. Let's. I know you're not going to say anything nice about the other films either. But uh, let us take a quick break, and uh, we'll talk about whatever else there is. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You are listening to The Business Film. I am in conversation with James Cameron Wilson. James, yes, you were saying you wanted people to get back to the cinema, but if you're going to offer them duff movies, then that's not really much of an appeal, given, you know, nice weather and the possibility of a barbecue. There are two wonderful films out there, which I cannot recommend more oh. heartily and very different at that. And when I oh. get to them in the chart, I'll let you know. Well, thank goodness for that. Well, at number three, we have The Forever Purge. Just when you think the Purge franchise <laughs> cannot end, we now have The Forever Purge after the TV series, but I'll talk about that anon. Mm. I'm not going to give you figures because these are all under a million. Right. The only figures that are worth talking about is the, the figure made by Black Widow and Space Jam, A New Legacy, both of which were just over a million. Space Jam made £1.4 million. At number four, we've got a new film, The Croods, A New Age, not to be confused with A New Legacy, which I will talk about shortly. Okay. Number five, we've got Fast and Furious 9, which was at number two, down 59%. We have a new film at number six, which is another sequel, Escape from Tournament of Champions, starring Taylor Russell, who reprises her, for, her role from the earlier film, which made 278 grand from 414 venues, mm. which works out at a measly per screen average of 672 quid, which is really not good news. But I shall probably catch it next weekend because there's only one new film opening. So we'll have to talk about something. Now, <laughs> it's number seven. Yes. One of the best films of the year. And it's still showing and people are loving it and they're going back to see it again. It is called A Quiet Place Part Two, starring Emily Blunt and Killian Murphy. It was at number four. It's down 65 percent. But this is the Godfather Part Two of horror films. <laughs> OK, it's terrific. I mean, even if you don't like horror films, I know a lot of people who don't normally go to horror films did go to see A Quiet Place and mm -hmm. thought it was amazing. Okay. So that is something uh, worth going to the cinema for. At number eight, we have Peter Rabbit 2, which was at number three. That's down 84%, but that's done very well indeed. Uh, I thought it was dire. Mm -hmm. Number nine, we've got another wonderful film, In the Heights from the Broadway musical, which was at number five, down 70%, which is a blast of joy. It's a real summer movie because it's set during a heat wave in Washington Heights, and I cannot recommend it more. My daughter was uh, saying she was going to see that. I don't know if she actually has. I shall find out and see what she thought of it, James. Okay. So at and, least two good films. Two well, we've got another summer movie, number 10, uh, which is the fifth new film, Summer of Soul, which is a documentary about the 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival in New York. And all the footage was completely buried and they found it and 
produced this documentary and some critics are saying it's the best documentary ever and it's featuring everybody from Gladys Knight to Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah, I did read, Wonder. read about this. The, 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 yes, the, the guy who filmed it spent years trying to get any TV network to cover it and they wouldn't because of the mm. subject matter. Yeah, very sad. Apparently it's absolutely wonderful. So there's five new films. Mm, okay. And two films that aren't new but that you actually adore. <laughs> Indeed. So what are we going to talk about then for the rest of the time? You're going to tell us about The Purge. I feel one ought to touch on The Forever Purge just because it is so incredibly successful. Now, you may remember or you may not that it, The Purge came out in 2013 and was Long followed was by that? the... Blimey. Yeah, I, I remember know. you describing it at the time. Well, I indeed. Just, was that the first? Maybe, maybe we weren't still talking at the time of the purge. I can't remember how many years we've been doing this, James. But I seem to remember you discussing it with me in one form I think or another. We're coming up to six years now with this oh, show. Okay. Um, and then a year later, we had the purge anarchy, and then the purge election year in 2016, the first purge, and then there was the TV series, and now we've got the forever purge. So after the last purge film, which was the first <laughs> purge which was a prequel to The Purge, we now have The Forever Purge, which is a sequel to The Purge election year. The problem is the more you say the word purge, the more it seems like a medical procedure. <laughs> so to recap, in order to rid the country of crime, the US government set up a 12-hour period in which every misdemeanor went unpunished. The idea was that society's miscreants could exercise exorcise their demons during a controlled window and for the rest of the year the populace could live in peace and according to the purge 2013 the first purge all law-breaking plummeted simon the economy recovered unemployment fell to one percent and a psychological stability settled on the land hmm. now i have to say that I quite, I'd like some of them, but bearing in mind, I don't know if you're aware that during the Independence Day weekend that we've just had, July the 4th in America, 189 men, women, and children were shot dead in the United States over the three-day period. I did not know that. Um, although violence, apparently, and shootings and murder are going down year by year globally since mm. civilization began. In America, it is actually increasing. I know that Australia, I think it was, was it 13 or 23 years ago they banned guns? And they've only had two shootings since in the last 23 years. So it, it's very problematic when you go and see a film like The Forever Purge, where everybody just has fun shooting their neighbours. Yes. Uh, it's set in the year... 2048 which is of course the year before Blade Runner 2049 and migration has completely got out of control we begin 10 months before the next purge which has been reinstated by the new founding fathers of America who have mm. regained control of the US government and they've decided that maybe they should reinstitute the annual purge because the last two films made quite a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> yes. But this time, I mean, the interesting thing about the franchise is they have a different set of characters and a different milieu each time. And this time they've relocated to Texas and we begin with a stunning opening shot of the Mexican desert. And I have to say throughout, the film looks stunning. 
it is terrific. And it's great that a Latino woman, a middle-aged Latino woman, albeit that she looks fantastic, mm. has the central role, uh, Adela and her husband, Juan. Juan works at a ranch, which is run by Josh Lucas, who is a kind of Marlboro man with a real racial problem. He's a complete bigot. And the opening scene really worried me because you see the Mexican immigrants go through a tunnel underneath and they lose their son, who suddenly appears out of nowhere. And I was constantly worrying about all the characters' peripheral vision, of which they don't appear to have any. And (laughs) there are all these really stupid jump scares accompanied by an orchestral crescendo. And I felt we were rather left out of the loop, basically. And I don't think it's a very well-made film. Not only is it terribly disturbing, it's just shoddily made. And it's so, the editing is so choppy. Now, Alfred Hitchcock made a point of colluding with the audience so you exactly knew where you were meant to be at any given time. Mm. Here, you just don't know what's going on. And I'm not giving away, I don't think, much, um, having watched the trailer. Uh, Obviously, The Purge now is no longer restricted to that 12-hour period Mm. and just goes on all the time. Looking at Josh Lucas, I don't know why he didn't become a bigger star. Do you you know Josh Lucas? Um, I think I probably have to look him up. It's quite a generic name, isn't it? Well, it is. He starred opposite Reese Witherspoon in Sweet Home, Alabama, and then he was... Had the lead that was pres- ages ago. I did enjoy that film, though, but I can't remember him. Well, he's aging very well. I mean, he could have been another Paul Newman. He's got those wonderful blue eyes. And then he top-billed Poseidon in 2006 with an all-star cast. And I thought he was going to be a huge star. But I should point out that the BBFC's advisory caption cites strong bloody violence, language and racism. And this is all about racism. And in a strange way, I think it does have a point to make but it's not a very well-made film, although it looks fantastic. And anyway, mm. uh, we need to talk about the other new film in the charts, which is The Crudes, A New Age. All right, James, but we haven't really got time. We've got about a minute left. So <laughs> you're going to have to truncate your review. Okay, well, this is basically, the, the, the clue is in the title, A New Age, which refers to the 1970s spiritualist movement. Basically, the crudes, who are this sort of very savage caveman group, stumble on to this new age. It's a re, rerun of Early Man, Ardman's wonderful cartoon, where an early civilization comes um, in touch with a, a slightly more evolved civilization. So this is nothing new, and it is just non-stop. And I had an incredible headache by the end of the film. <laughs> uh, the wonderful thing about Ardman and Pixar, indeed, is all those wonderful gags, those visual gags in the background. Here, everything is in the foreground. And I'm afraid, I suppose it is great casting with Nicolas Cage playing the Neanderthal grug. But I think even Emma Stone as Eep is wasted. But anyway, enough of that. Um, I just found it almost unbearable to watch. James, well, look, thank you very much indeed. It, it is such a shame that, you know, we're trying to get people back in the cinema and the product is by and large dreadful. But as you say, people can still go and see A Quiet Place too, and In the Heights and they will obviously... Both of which are terrific. Either of those. James, thank you very much indeed. James Cameron Wilson will be back with more business to film at the same time next week. Welcome. 
to Jurassic Park. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. I am big. It's the picture that got small. <laughs>